Hello and welcome to The Bipolar Feminist. I am Nikita Ramkisun and today we are talking about Dissociative Identity Disorder or DID. Trigger warning. This episode makes mention of several types of trauma, including sexual trauma, as well as other mental illnesses. Please listen with care. Disclaimer. While this episode has been researched thoroughly and draws from personal experience, it is not intended to be used as medical advice or a diagnosis. Please consult a mental health practitioner if you feel any of these symptoms. Due to the volatile nature of DID, I do not suggest self-diagnosis or alternate treatments as this is a disorder that requires intensive treatment from trained professionals. When I was young, I always had a feeling that time wasn't real. I hear my friends and family talking about things they remember about their childhood, but I don't have much of it. There are feelings I remember, single incidents. I knew we had a stray cat living in our yard, but I don't remember ever playing with her, like my parents say I used to. I remember school, but I can't for the life of me remember where I used to play or how I learned to swim. I used to sling between brave and terrified, calm and enraged. I didn't know who I was, where time went and what I was doing. I was called a daydreamer in class, and yes, often I would wish I were somewhere else, climbing trees or looking for fairies under mushrooms, but mostly, I couldn't remember where I was, why I was there or how I got there. I started noticing that my handwriting shifted in my school notes. I was once told I had cheated on a test because my handwriting was so vastly different from the previous test. My handwriting is flowing, like a letter from the Regency era. On that test, I had written in block letters. I often lost time and couldn't explain what I had been doing for the past 15 minutes or two hours. My relationships were volatile, and I would apparently yell at people I loved and end friendships over the silliest things. I would eat a lot or not at all. I would love to be with people and then withdraw from everyone suddenly. Playing the piano, listening to the radio, or drawing or writing in my journal. My brain always felt disjointed. Through my bipolar disorder mood swings and constantly losing time, I thought I was crazy and the people around me often treated me as such. I didn't understand what was happening to me when I lost time and neither did they. It was only at university when I started reading up on what was known as multiple personality disorder, which is now called dissociative identity disorder or DID. Dissociative identity disorder is a complex and often misunderstood mental health condition characterized by the presence of two or more distinct personality states or identity states within a single individual. These different identities, often referred to as alters, can take control of a person's behavior, their consciousness and memory, leading to significant disruptions in daily life. DID is defined by the presence of multiple identity states, each with its own unique characteristics memories, and behaviors. These alters, or parts, may differ in age, gender, temperament, and even physical abilities. Individuals with DID may experience a range of distinct identities, and these identities can emerge at various times throughout life. One of the hallmark features of DID is amnesia, which involves gaps in memory for significant periods of time when different identity states are in control. Individuals with DID may not be aware of what happens when a particular alter is dominant or fronting and may have limited or no memory of actions, events, or experiences that occurred during those times. Alters can be triggered by various stresses, traumatic memories, or other emotional or environmental factors. These triggers can lead to a switch in identity states, with one alter taking over from another. 
The transition between alters can be sudden and disorienting for the individual. Some individuals with DID experience co-consciousness, where they are aware of and can communicate with their different identity states. This can vary in intensity and may provide some degree of control or understanding of the condition. DID can significantly impact an individual's daily functioning, including relationships, work, and overall quality of life. The presence of multiple identity states can lead to difficulties in maintaining continuity in life, causing confusion and disruption. Although it has been extensively studied, there is no exact science for testing for DID and no chemical treatment. DID is a highly controversial and debated diagnosis within the mental health field. Some professionals question its validity and existence, while others firmly believe in its existence and the experiences of those who have been diagnosed. Individuals with DID often require understanding, support, and specialized treatment to manage their condition to improve their overall well-being. Although DID is listed as a very rare disorder, it affects almost 1% of the worldwide population, which is a lot of people. It can occur at any age, but is mostly activated during childhood, when the brain is not fully developed yet. People assigned female at birth are more likely than people assigned male at birth to have DID. When I first read up on it, I wasn't convinced that this was what I was going through. Over and above the trauma I had experienced and other mental health issues that arose from it, DID was something that was so villainized in mainstream media and questioned by professionals that I was rightfully skeptical. I've never been officially diagnosed because of the medical industry and its reluctance to acknowledge DID, but my therapist and psychiatrist believing and observing me has been a huge help. Even that unofficial diagnosis, in a way, was having a name for what I perceived to be something different about me. It provided a reason for my behavior and gave me something to work on. When you know what the problem is, then you can work out a solution. DID is, in essence, a coping mechanism, usually brought on by childhood abuse, and is a kind of ingenious, unconscious way of displacing situations onto other aspects of themselves. As mentioned in previous episodes, I experienced severe sexual abuse in my childhood that went on for years. I remember quite a bit about it and specific memories are quite vivid, but a lot of it is either a blur or I don't remember a thing about certain incidents. I would wake up with bruises I don't remember getting or having weird feelings about something that just happened but wouldn't remember what happened. It made sense. The disorder is a way to distance or detach from trauma. It's important to note that sometimes it develops in response to natural disasters or other traumatic events like combat and experiences during apartheid in my youth could also explain this. What happens to cause DID is the brain figuratively splits into different personalities to create that detachment, so that the person experiencing the trauma is shielded from it. Another personality is created by the young, still developing brain so as to protect the person and then the split personality then receives the bulk of the emotional and mental trauma and the person going through it does not experience the full extent of it. It's the brain's way of putting up a shield. The core identity of a person with DID is your usual personality. Alters are the alternate personalities. Some people with DID have up to a hundred alters and they tend to be very different from one another. The identities might have different genders, ethnicities, interests, and ways of interacting with their environments. Other common signs and symptoms of DID can include anxiety, delusions, depression, disorientation, memory loss, substance use disorder, and suicidal thoughts or self-harm. There are three types of dissociative disorders that include DID, but also dissociative amnesia, which happens when you can't remember essential information about your life. The forgetting may be limited to specific aspects of life, or may include much of your life history or identity. 
And then there's depersonalization or derealization disorder, a condition in which you feel detached from your thoughts, feelings, and body, or disconnected from your environment. There's also a symptom called dissociative fugue. It's a temporary mental state in which a person has memory loss and ends up in an unexpected place. Because dissociative disorders appear on the trauma spectrum, many people with a single dissociative disorder may have co-occurring trauma-related mental health conditions, such as PTSD, borderline personality disorder, again, substance use disorders, depression, and anxiety disorders, among others. As mentioned, there isn't a single test that can diagnose DID. A healthcare provider will review your symptoms and your personal health history and may perform tests to rule out underlying physical causes for your symptoms, such as head injuries or brain tumors. Symptoms of DID often show up in childhood between the ages of 5 and 10, but parents, teachers, or healthcare providers may miss these signs because they are often quite subtle, and DID might be confused with other behavioral or learning problems, such as ADHD. For this reason, DID isn't usually diagnosed until adulthood, and it is fraught with stigma and misunderstanding, including invalidation and disbelief. Some medications may help with certain symptoms of DID, such as depression or anxiety, but the most effective treatment is psychotherapy. A healthcare provider with specialized training in mental health disorders, such as a psychologist or psychiatrist, can guide you towards the right treatment. People may benefit from individual, group, or family therapy, Therapy focuses on identifying and working through the past trauma or abuse, managing sudden behavioral changes, and managing separate identities into a single identity. I have chosen not to use therapy to attempt to merge my alters because many of my memories are held within theirs and we don't know what might happen should those alters converge. It's an inexact science. Some healthcare providers may recommend hypnotherapy in combination with psychotherapy. Hypnotherapy is a form of guided meditation that may help recover suppressed memories, and this is how we discovered that I actually had DID because some of the memories they held crossed over into my consciousness during hypnotherapy, and my therapist and I began interrogating where all of those experiences were coming from, like losing time, repressed memories, and unpredictable behavior. There's no way to prevent DID. However, identifying the signs as early in life as possible and seeking treatment can help manage symptoms. Parents, caregivers, and teachers should watch for signs in young children, though this is not really possible all the time due to signs being subtle or disbelief and stigma when parents don't want to admit that there is something wrong with their child. It is sometimes misdiagnosed as having schizophrenia because their belief that they have different identities could be interpreted as delusion. Treatment soon after episodes of abuse or trauma may prevent DID from progressing, though. Treatment can also help identify triggers that cause personality or identity changes. Common triggers include stress or substance abuse. Managing stress and avoiding stimulants may help reduce the frequency of different alters controlling their behavior. One of my huge triggers is the smell of Old Spice cologne, which is what my abuser used. A strong support system can make living with DID more manageable, making sure there are healthcare providers, family members, and friends who know about and understand the condition. That is imperative. It's key to communicate openly and honestly with people in one support system. And, although it's easier said than done, one should not be afraid to ask for help. If a friend or a family member has DID, it can be confusing and overwhelming. They may not know how to respond to one's different alters or behaviors, but they can help by learning about DID and its symptoms, offering to attend family counseling or support groups with their loved ones, staying calm and being supportive when sudden behavioral changes occur. If you or someone you know has DID and exhibits any of the symptoms, please, please, please seek medical attention. 
if they are signs of self-harm, suicidal thoughts, or unpredictable behavior, because this can be so damaging. Knowing that it is common that a person may experience amnesia when one of their alters takes control over their behavior is also understanding that their alters have personal history and ways of thinking relating to their surroundings. Understanding that they have a different or distinct set of manners and preferences and in some rare cases have been seen to have different allergies from the core personality may equip the people around you to deal with the disorder more effectively. The person with DID may or may not be aware of the other personality states. Usually stress or even a reminder of the trauma can trigger a switch of alters. This can sometimes be abrupt and unexpected. In some cases, the person with DID may benefit from a particular alter. I have an alter named Lara who is really disciplined with administrative tasks and often when she is fronting or takes over, she helps get things done that I as Nikita have been putting off for a very long time. Change can be seen if a person has a more timid alter that gives way to a more assertive alter when negotiating a contract or maybe even buying a new car. However, more often than not, DID creates a chaotic life. This leads to significant problems in personal and work relationships. There are two alters who have made my life incredibly difficult, quitting jobs and causing problems with friendships. DID is treatable with a three-stage set of professional guidelines established through expert consensus. The initial stage focuses on stabilization and safety. The goal is to get things calmed down and life in order. It can take a while for someone to feel comfortable and safe. It can take years. Once that is achieved, clinicians move on to the second stage, where the patient begins to process the traumatic events that have affected them. In the final stage, the emphasis is getting your life back, mourning what you have lost and moving on without dissociation, or learning to live with your alters, learning how to live in this world with your disorder. At the same time, scientists are exploring potential biological or genetic links that could predispose a person to DID. Studies to date have shown that in the classic form of PTSD, the brain's amygdala, which controls the fight, flight, which controls the fight, which controls the fight, flight, or freeze response, is overactive when the prefrontal cortex is not, generating a hyper-aroused state. However, in the dissociative subtype of PTSD, the prefrontal cortex is overactive to a point where a person can be numb and detached. In fact, both the amygdala and prefrontal cortex become overactive in patients with DID. The trauma state in DID looks like classic PTSD. In a numbed state of mind, it looks more like the dissociative subtype where the brakes are on too tight. Scientists are also looking at the brain's attentional activation system and how a person concentrates. People who are dissociative have a really defined ability to focus attention, particularly in multitasking. A lot of people with DID tend to be ambidextrous. Researchers are working to understand how the brains of people with DID have a different allocation of resources towards attentional systems. As mentioned, there are studies on potential genetic links. People aren't born with DID, but they can have a genetic predisposition to dissociate, so researchers are looking for genetic markers. While that all may be very clinical, the experience is so different. It's sometimes a feeling of suddenly becoming an observer of my own speech and actions. It's sometimes hearing voices. In some cases, the voices accompany multiple streams of thought and feels like everywhere is loud, no matter where I turn, and I have no control over it. Sometimes it's with a feeling of sudden impulse or strong emotion. Sometimes it's not having or feeling control over a sense of ownership of these thoughts, feelings, or emotions. 
In some instances, my body suddenly feels different or I experience a change in attitudes or preferences, but I know it's not me. I feel sort of tucked away in a closet and I can't get out. Since I have been open about living with DID, I have been met with a wide range of responses, most of them negative. My family is incredibly supportive in many ways, but with DID they don't understand and are almost reluctant to believe that their child could be experiencing this reality. I get the feeling that they're ignoring the problem in the hopes that it'll go away. Some former friends have said things like, I'm lying about having DID and refuse to acknowledge it exists. Some have said things like, I use it as an excuse for my failures. But a few have reacted positively, welcoming my alters into their lives and learning how to manage it with me, trying to understand the illness and my treatment, as well as being cognizant of my triggers. If I tell them that I'm feeling particularly switchy, the feeling I get before a switch from myself to an alter, they are extra aware of the changes in my behavior and are compassionate towards my entire system. These friends follow my lead and are incredibly kind when talking to my alters. One particularly close friend described my system as many comrades in one body. I love that. The negative reactions are not just about the split in medical research and understanding of DID, but also representations in popular media. Stereotypes of people with mental illnesses as a whole, as dangerous and incompetent individuals, reduce us to nothing but the most exaggerated and caricatured versions of our diagnoses. These caricatures are the products of how mental illness is represented by arguably the most influential institution of our culture, which is film. My issue with film is the continuation of a trope that people with DID are inherently violent, especially seen in the movie Split. Please don't watch it. The stereotype that people with mental illnesses are prone to violence has been especially problematic in movies and TV shows including the likes of Fight Club and Psycho, where characters with DID are often shown to have at least one particularly violent or criminally inclined personality. Though I don't particularly condemn the character of Tyler Durden, that's another discussion for another day. The face of DID and mental illness as a whole is often subtle, but also ugly and scary with houseless communities and correctional facilities overflowing with real human beings suffering from real mental disabilities who couldn't get help even though their lives depend on it. This is because of capitalism and with it ableism, sexism, racism and homophobia as well as transphobia and commonly combinations of all of these resulting in intersections of oppression that ensure that people living with mental illnesses like DID do not succeed in an increasingly ableist society. Generally, I'm able to cope with day-to-day -day activities being manageable, but the larger issues are in people supporting me with things I can't manage, people not being supportive in general, our workspaces not being accommodating of mental illnesses, and the lack of resources for people living with DID stemming from misinformation and the lack of understanding as a whole. I'd like to stress that Despite what movies may suggest, we are not dangerous. This illness has affected my ability to work, socialize and exist normally. Its impact is like an ever-expanding drop in the ocean, becoming larger and larger with its ripple effect. Treatment is long-term, uncertain at times and expensive. For me, suicide is an ever-present fear, but something I'm constantly fighting. I don't want to live like this and I'm always afraid that the darkest thoughts will take me one day. For now. I'm working toward a society that is equitable for me and my system and others like me who feel that this world is not for them. If you or someone you know are in crisis, please call the South African Depression and Anxiety Group on their 24-hour helpline on 0800-121314 and in the event of suicide emergencies, contact them on 0800 
567-567. Thank you for listening. I would like to thank my patrons for their continued support and making this podcast possible. Should you wish to support me, please subscribe to The Bipolar Feminist on Patreon or donate directly to Nikki Starfish on Coffee. See you next week.